What's up, y'all? Happy Thursday. Lots of love and power to you guys as you get started on this magnificent day we have before us. I hope you all are hanging tough out there. I know things seem really intense and dark right now, but the truth is we're going to make it through this thing, and we're going to make it through together. My purpose, or part of my purpose in this lifetime, is to encourage and inspire all those around me to be in their highest greatness, because the world needs it. The universe needs it. And I invite you to say to yourself right now in this moment, before we get started on this podcast, I choose to be in my highest greatness to serve the greatest good of the universe. Boom. So now as you move through your day, feel that, be that. Let spirit take you where you need to go and give everything you have because your unique beautiful expression of humanity is necessary today. So that being said, I've got a fantastic episode dialed up for you guys. It is with Anita Nall Richeson. Anita was my nutritionist through my first three years uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. She was the team nutritionist. She was an Olympic champion at the age of 16, she won the gold, silver, and bronze medal at the 1992 Olympics. She is a complete badass. Um, many of the pillars or fundamentals of understanding I have around nutrition and food came from her. We talk a lot about that in this episode. Uh, in fact, I introduce her in the conversation as my auntie, but I have to say she's much more akin to my soul sister, um, and we had a ball. She's so intuitive. She is a world-class food and wellness expert, health and wellness expert. Her, her special, she's really magical and with her understanding of food, and you'll get a good understanding why through this conversation. Um, in this, she shares her story of becoming an Olympic champion, um, the fall, or I should say the decline in her health that followed that through these mystery illnesses that kept coming up for her, which really shut her down as an athlete. And she, it started her lifelong journey of understanding around food and how it works in her body and what her body works best on and she uses that experience to share her knowledge to help others. And she is a literally a world-class health and wellness expert. And I owe much of what I know to her. Um, she is a wealth of knowledge. She has shares some great uh, tools and fundamentals in this episode for anyone who's looking to shift their lifestyle practices, particularly around nutrition. Um, she lays out four basic tips that anyone can use right now today to change the way you eat and to change your relationship with food. So this, this episode is awesome. I'm going to have to listen to it again myself because there's so much good info in it and um, her energy is off the charts. Her husband, who I, I'm going to get on the pod as well, 
His name is Luke Richardson, and he was our strength and conditioning coach when I was in Jacksonville. I love Luke. I love their family so much. I feel as though I'm a part of it. I grew up, or I was around when they have two children. They were very young when I met them, and now they are literally Viking warrior badasses. It's mind-boggling, and it's a testament to the the lifestyle choices that Anita and Luke have implemented in their family. So it's awesome. I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. Before I send you off to the episode, remember for all your coffee needs, if you're looking for the best coffee in the world, look no further. Head over to www.invadercoffee.com for the best coffee in the world. They have the fuck shit up blend, the whiskey blend, their roasts, are off the charts it's organic it's low acidity it's veteran owned by my brother wes whitlock use discount code the ebb and flow for 15 percent off your next order and that's about it folks i hope you guys have a fantastic day being in your power being in your highest greatness lots of love to you all i'll see you on the flip side peace you have unlocked the eternal link to internal source the key of imagination, your admission, access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light, the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go, this is the ebb and flow. Hey everybody, welcome to the ebb and flow podcast. I'm your host, Evan Britton. Very excited for this conversation today with my auntie, Anita <laughs> Nell Richardson. Anita, it's so good to have you on the show. Gosh, am I that much older than you that you could call me auntie? I'm like, oh my gosh, I probably am, but I don't. I, don't. I, I still feel <laughs> like I'm 21, Evan. Well, you look like it. Oh, you look yes. like it. Well, that's all that really matters, right? Is yeah. how, we, how we feel. Yeah. How we feel. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I say that with total endearment. Not I know that, it. Not that it's about your age, but energetically, that's how I feel about you. I feel the same way too. We're way, way beyond just uh, friends. Yes, absolutely. We're <laughs> definitely family. And um, so to give, to give my listeners a little bit of context, yeah. um, I wanted to say that, first of all, I've talked about this a lot in interviews that I've done, um, talking about my path through healing and getting to understanding or having a, a solid understanding of my body and my health and my well-being. And I was very blessed with some parents who were holistically minded and they provided me with a really solid foundation. But I have to say, and I've been thinking about this as I've been gearing up for our talk, that it really wasn't until I met you and we started working together. And for those of you who are curious about who Anita is. Anita was our nutritionist when I came to the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2009. 
And working with you, Anita, really started me on this path of learning about and gaining as much knowledge about the deep intricacies of how food and nutrients interact with our body and our, our biology, you know, and, and the, the minutia of that, you know, and I think in this day and age, there's so much information, misinformation, there's diet fads, it seems like every day from vegan to paleo to keto, and it can be so confusing. And there's so much information. And not only that, but it's really important to build a foundation of understanding around what is going on in the food industry and how labeling works. And, um, and then on top of that, the spiritual intuitive aspect of food. Um, and there's something I want to talk to you about because I know you have a deep personal understanding of this as well, which I'll let you take the reins here in a second, uh, that I've recently learned and some things that mom has been dealing with over the last five to 10 years um, with her health and the subtleties of, of her diet. You know, mom is super dialed in and is always yeah. there, but hers has gotten even tighter. Like it's, <laughs> It's kind of mind blowing. Mom can barely eat anything these days. Um, so, so Anita, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to let you take it from here. I'd love for you to give everyone a, a little, uh, a quick background of where yeah. you come from. You're also a fucking Olympic athlete, <laughs> a very high level athlete yourself, and your your story with food is fascinating. So. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's so I'm, I I love when I have clients or, or friends and people who grew up with parents who gave them that sort of holistic background. Um, I always like to hear like, what was that like? What was, uh, what was your path uh, and how different it was from mine? I grew up very, very mainstream, very, very standard American diet. I say that I love my mom and dad dearly. And I hate, I, I always feel like I'm slighting them because my mom actually could cook and cook really great meals when she did. But for the most part, we were standard American. So I'll take you back just a little bit, just to give everyone a context for, for how I came to this, all these new exciting things that I learned about food and how I ended up at the Jaguars. So when I was a kid, um, I watched the Olympics like a lot of people every summer just waited or, you know, every four years waited and waited. And um, I was a swimmer. So swimming every four years and couldn't wait to watch it. And in 1988, I watched a young little lady by the name of Janet Evans proceed to just blow the swimming world away with winning several gold medals and breaking world records that hadn't been broken for a long time and like smashing them. And I was, uh, I was, um, I was watching her and I was thinking like, that's when it became clear to me, I want to be an Olympian. I, that's what I want to do. I had been swimming since I was five and, uh, anyway, that was, that was like the start for me. That was the start of, I can do this. I want to be like her. And so the funny thing about it is, so that was 88, just four years later, here I am at the Olympic games, breaking world records and winning an Olympic gold, silver and bronze medal of my own. And guess who was my roommate, Evan? 
Janet <laughs> Evans. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's so talking, destiny. Oh, it is. The synchronicity of life, it just, it never ceases. Yeah, it never ceases to amaze me. So I never could have imagined that in my wildest dreams that I'm going to be rooming with Janet Evans at the 92 Olympics and breaking a world, breaking three world records. And, but I went on to do all these exciting, great things and fulfill on my, you know, my prophecy. Plus I was baptized the name Nadia, Nadia was my baptismal name in the church. Like when I was a baby and I was born the day that Nadia Comaneci performed a perfect 10 at the Olympics. So there's wow. just so many, yeah, it's crazy. So I fulfill, <laughs> this, I fulfill on this big, big thing, um, which was me driven. You know, it wasn't my parents or anything. It really truly was me. Uh, I would get my parents out of bed in the mornings to take me to practice. Guys, I got to go. You know, I'm late. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they talk about how I would drive them. Uh, but I remember drive, hearing those stories. Yeah, yeah. And so, so uh, I'll, I'll fast forward now a year after the Olympic Games, and I get sick. I got a virus to this day. Don't really know exactly what it was, but mm. I'm going to also tell you, I was never a super healthy kid. Mm. I was always on antibiotics. I was always, uh, you know, congested. I just always kind of had a cold. It seemed like, um, and it, the year after that night, so 1993, I got a virus that seemed to be like sort of the thing that tipped the scales for me, maybe the stress of the Olympics, looking back, just that, that pressure and stress that I was under as a kid. And then, um, remember I was only like, I had just turned 16 and then, crazy. yes, it's so crazy. And, and I, you know, a lot of people, I, I behaved a lot more mature. So I think a lot of people thought that I was, could handle a lot, but I was still just a kid. So, uh, all that to say that this virus in particular really put me over the edge and it took me like a month and a half to get over it. But I kept trying to train and train and train. Like I'd have a couple of good days of training and be like, okay, I feel better. And then I'd go and, and then I'd go back into like a tailspin of feeling sick for another week. Mm. So I always say that this was sort of the moment in my life where uh, things just started to really shift for me. So I went into from that point forward, which I call a 10 years, like a decade of mystery illnesses wow. that, that I just no doctors could figure out. I was at one point, I was hoping that I was like diabetic or I was hoping that they could tell me I had some weird disease or something. Every time I go in for tests, I'm like, please let this be the one because then we can move forward. Like we could go, okay, this is it. I didn't even care what it was. Then I can move forward. But that, that limbo period of having all this stuff wrong with me, but yet nothing showing up on the tests. Mm. is and i really i i really feel for people who go through this because every day people are going through exactly what i'm talking about right and it's exhausting you're on you feel like you're on an island there's a lot more information now than there was when i was going through this time period mm. but it was just still it just felt like i was on an island and uh i tell you all that to say that i I, I just got fed up with it all and at one point i remember walking into a whole foods and i thought maybe there'll be some kind of miracle supplement for me. Mm. But I walked in there and I had no idea what to buy. I'm like, well, you know, I don't see the Kellogg's. I don't see the Pop-Tarts. Like, I don't, where's all the stuff? Where's the stuff that I know to buy? And so I was, that just perplexed me. And I'm like, well, what is all this stuff? What's this stuff? I've never been in here before. So 
that started my journey. I went in there looking for a miracle cure and I came out with like this whole new mindset about food because I started mm -hmm. talking to people. And then eventually I went back to school and I went to a healing arts school. So, you know, I'm, I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm a, a holistic nutrition specialist. And so um, an, an education specialist in the holistic route, more of a mm. functional nutrition specialist. So I teach people, you know, how to connect what they eat with how they feel. And, and it, we all want to feel our best, you know, so it's huge. It's a huge piece of the puzzle. That's why, that's why I love you so much, Anita, because that's, <laughs> that is really this path that I'm on, that I've, that I've been on and why, you know, I connected so much with you. Um, because of that exact, that exact philosophy that you live with and that you work with people on is connecting the food you eat with how you feel. That's yeah. fucking, yeah. it's, it seems so simple but, and yet it's so abstract and crazy to yeah. the average American yeah. mind, you know, because we're, we're trained, we go into a doctor's office and you say, well, you might even mention to a doctor, hey, I think that maybe when I eat this, that might have something to do with the way I feel. You'll get laughed out of a doctor's office. Oh, yeah. They'll look at you totally. like you're crazy. Evan, even nutritionists, mainstream nutritionists and, and dietitians are saying that to still to a lot of clients that end up on, on my doorstep because they're like, well, you know, I told them that I didn't feel good when I ate gluten, but they kind of told me that that's ridiculous. And I'm going... <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, you're just trying to strip people away of their innate capacity to know what's best for them. Well, it drives me set. nuts. Perfectly yeah. set. Drives me nuts. But but I loved what, you know, I, I really thrived working with you and, and Eugene in particular because yeah. you guys were trying to figure out. And uh, we had a couple, actually. I was really, really loved that that when you guys would come in, it was like, oh, that those are my people because you guys were getting it. You were seeking to figure these things out. Yeah. And it's not, I'm not saying, here's your diet, Evan, go do this diet, diet. Yeah. You know, I, I give you the parameters. I give you the tenets of, of, of a whole foods nutrition plan. But from there, it's going to, you know, you're going to go this way. Eugene may go this way. You're going to figure out then what's working, what's going to work best for your unique body. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's what I love so much about you. And uh, so I want to get into that. And I want to okay. get into, so did you ever come to an understanding or did you ever gain any insight into or come to an answer of what was going on with you during that 10 year period? Yes. So a few, yes and no, it's taken mm. over 20 years to really get deeper <laughs> insight. But, um, when I, first of all, I was labeled with chronic fatigue syndrome at mm. that time. Mm. We know, so I did actually get a diagnosis of some sort during that time period. So there was like, there wasn't like absolutely nothing at that time. However, there was so little information on chronic fatigue syndrome. There wasn't this functional medicine movement that there is now, which is thank the Lord that that's going on because we at least have, you know, some of these more functional testing now capacities. So that's huge. But back then it was, you've got chronic fatigue syndrome, which is really a conglomerate of symptoms that fit this mold. Um, we know that you need to rest a lot. And I'm sitting there like, 
that's it. That's all you can offer me. That was all they could offer me at the time. And then I had a dietitian at the Olympic training center, even look over my diet at the time. Now, mind you, my doctor's answer to having chronic fatigue syndrome was to go on an antidepressant. So at 17, I was on an antidepressant, which then it created sort of, um, I, I got like anorexic type behaviors. Mm. So I would go on these like uh, these stints where I was down to like a size two, which is really, really tiny for me that mm. I'm just typically, a, you know, more like a six or a bigger when I was swimming. Mm. And so I was, and I'm not, you know, I'm like five, eight, five, almost five, eight. So I'm not tiny. And so I was down to this little tiny size two and um, I would go in these stints where I'd only eat like um, corn muffins for a week straight because I was, the medication was making me feel weird yeah. and, it, and I was craving weird things. And then that's all I would eat literally for a week or mm. else I'd feel sick to my stomach. So it was a mess. Uh, but I, I, I also like talk about intuition. I knew that that wasn't right. I knew I wasn't depressed and even back then, I just felt like taking a pill wasn't going to be the thing. Mm. Uh, so, um, so that was what I was labeled with. And then, um, and then I actually had someone say to me, um, a doctor at Johns Hopkins University's best, best advice I got that really catapulted my, my growth and, and my health. Um, he said, we don't know why, but a lot of people with this chronic fatigue feel better when they take dairy products out of their diet. Mm. So I was like, oh, I can do that. That's an action step I can take mm. rather than all these theories and ideas. And it wasn't a pill. Mm -hmm. So I was tickled pink. I was like, okay, I'm on it. I'm taking dairy. But guess what I did, Evan? What'd you do? <laughs> I substituted the dairy with soy. Oh, okay. So now, um, plus this time we didn't have all these alternatives like we have now. So I substitute with soy and I'm like, uh, now I've got a hormone situation going on because I'm eating tons of soy. Mm. So I might've been starting to feel better when I took the dairy out. I could sense my, my sinuses. And this is common for anyone listening. This is really common. If you struggle with sinus infections, dairy products are one of the most congesting in the sinuses. Mm. So that would be one of the first things along with sugar. So uh, though that was, that was just sort of the initial things that got me like just really inquiring and trying and, and learning more. Yeah, that's amazing. I was amazing. really, I was really reluctant to take gluten out. I didn't want to. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, bread and pasta and all that stuff. That's, yes. we, we love that. <laughs> yes. And I was totally, well, sugar was hard too. sugar. And I, and I can't yeah. say I'm, a, I'm not a hundred percent sugar free at all. Um, I am a hundred percent gluten and dairy free. Cause those really make me sick. Uh -huh. Really, really sick. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, for, for gluten, I'm doubled over if I eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And that was one thing I learned with you. Gluten is gone. I haven't had How gluten in 10 years. <laughs> How are eggs? I feel like eggs bothered you at one point. Did you get yeah. that or, or are you still? You know, I eggs are one that I still eat and I love eggs. And yeah. um, I've really come to this place where I'm high fat, high protein, yeah, yeah, very low carbs, 
Um, every once in a while, I'll have some rice or sweet potatoes, maybe some regular potatoes. That's like once a week at the most, but maybe a couple times a month. But for the most part, it's protein, fat, a lot of avocados, nuts, seeds, a lot of veggies. I stay, I don't eat much fruit anymore. Maybe a, a piece of fruit here and there. And when I eat fruit, I eat it by itself. I don't eat it with anything else. Um, and, you know, I keep it pretty simple from there, you yeah. know, no bread, no pasta. If I do, which will be occasionally, it's always gluten-free. Yeah. Um, you know, and these are, these are some of those tenets that I learned from you, you know, yeah. and I started experimenting with. And it really comes down to how I feel. You know, if I eat, I don't even really eat, if I eat too much sugar or carbohydrates, like super processed, you know, the yummy carbs that we love to eat, I will literally be depressed mm. and aching in my joints. I'll be in a mental fog for three yeah. days afterwards. Yeah. You know, and I have to fast for 24 hours to get myself out of the get out of it. Yeah. funk, you know. Yeah. Well, I am the same way with gluten. Um, and really for me, most grains have, have gotten, I've gotten to where, and I, I have a theory. I don't, I'm not a super, like, I can't say, go look at this study or whatever. I feel like we could probably find some, I have other friends that are into that. So I just say, Hey, find me some on this. Cause I just know things from years of doing this with people. Yeah. Um, but, but my gut says that the grain issue is coming from the glyphosate. Right. And it's not that all grains are bad. I and I never say anything's bad. By the way, that whole idea yeah. that oh, bad, good, bad. No, it's like how's it working for you? How, mm -hmm. how have you given it a try to figure out if it really does or doesn't work for you? And that's what I try and help my clients figure out. But but back to the glyphosate, I think that that's probably why grains are so destructive when mm -hmm. when someone figures that out. And Luke and I are both in the same place. We just very, very minimal, even, uh, I don't mess with anything glute, glutinous, but even if, even if it's gluten-free, it's a small margin for error for me, but I'll be doubled over and I get, um, I feel also like depressed. It makes yeah. my, my whole mood is funky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that big time. So what are the grains that, cause I feel like that's this, that's sort of a broad term that people can translate in various ways. But what are the grains that you really stay away from? Mm -hmm. And what are the grains that are maybe glyphosate heavy? Yeah, so we know that wheat is sprayed mm -hmm. pretty heavy. We know that corn, and a lot of people think of corn as a vegetable. And I want to go back to something you said, too, about the fruit. It drives me nuts. Guys, don't do this. Don't put fruits and vegetables in the same category. Yeah. They don't belong together. So I have a, I, I created, I think when I was with you guys, I called it the perfect plate, but I, I actually trademarked my version of like my formula for mealtime success called the power plate formula. I and that. I have a spec, you separate those. So mm. most standard food plans, it's like eat your fruits and vegetables. Well, fruits right. <laughs> don't behave the same way in the body. Yeah. And to boot, a sweet potato doesn't belong with a cucumber in the same group. Mm. So I even take it down to another level. We call, we call things like cucumbers freebies because 
you know, they're like water. Right. And then we have right. a whole separate section just for greens. Mm. So, you know, greens get their own special place because they're so phenomenal and nutrient dense. Mm. But um, what was the question? Oh, the, the, so that was actually about greens versus, yeah, and now we'll go back to grains. So grains would be, so, so the way I would break those down would be into two categories. You've got gluten-free grains and then glutinous grains. Mm. Um, although, okay, yeah. Yeah, but oh, so we, we'll, we'll break them down that way. So I would never, personally, I cannot eat any gluten-containing grains, like standard gluten. Now, there is such a thing as like corn gluten and there's other gluten uh-huh. too, but so that's also an issue. Like, are those triggering you? But then there's the gluten-free grains, which are things like um, rice, all the rices, brown white rice, white rice, uh, all those quinoa. Brown rice. Quinoa is as actually a seed, mm. but I lump it into the grains because it's got carbohydrate. Mostly predominantly, it's got some protein, but it's predominantly a carbohydrate, like most grains. Does it react like a grain in your body? Good question. So that I've noticed with clients varies from person to person. Mm. So I've convinced myself that I can have, that I can like, uh, I call it my flex grain. Mm, Okay. (laughs) So if I'm out, you know, and I'm hungry and I need like some, I can't do uh, uh, what uh, the higher fat does not work for me. um, Mm. A lot of fats make me feel sick to my stomach. Interesting. At, at one time. So I, um, I've just found I haven't been able to shift my body to that, but I don't know, maybe over time or something, but I just haven't found. So I have to have something, you know, besides, yeah. <laughs> besides, uh, I can only have so much fat or else I feel sick. And then, so anyway, my body's <laughs> weird, but I also want to remind people like you may be going, gosh, that's a lot she's got going on. But remember where I was at when I was just 17 mm-hmm. years old, I was a mess. Yeah. And I promise you, I would be in bed. I would be bedridden and a catastrophe if I hadn't shifted my lifestyle. Mm. I promise it. Mm. But the grain, so then, then you've got some starches. You've got some other things that are technically grain-free. So I buy this pasta that has like, that are, that are more from root vegetables. So it's like cassava flour. Mm, I love that. I, I do too. That. I still have to be careful. I can't have a ton of it without feeling sort of... Uh, congested to some degree, but that's really helpful for like my son, Luther, who's tends more on my side with the food. Mm. He's more like, like, um, has to just be a little bit more careful with those grains. So, um, I I really enjoy cassava. I like sweet potatoes also. I love yucca Mm. and, um, plantains. Those are fantastic starches. So if you, if you need to get some starches in your body, those are the ones that I go with. I love plantains too. I'll eat plantains yeah. for sure. I love them too. So what are the things that you absolutely stay away from? Like me or what I would coach someone else on? Um, let's do that. Let's do, well, I'd love to get into your tenants. So someone comes okay. to you. Yeah. Someone comes to you and they're just a mess. And I would say this too, Anita, by the way, you know, you say that someone listening might go, geez, she has a lot going on. But (laughs) I would say 70% of Americans are a fucking disaster when it physically, (laughs) biologically, with the food and the the sad, the standard American diet. I love that that's sad. 
It's yeah, really sad, isn't it? Isn't it? It's, uh, it's perfect. Uh, it's, it's perfect. so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I always get a good chuckle, just like you did when I say it, when I talk to people. Yeah, exactly. So I'd love for you to break down the tenets or the, okay. you know, I like to call them pillars, like the, the yes. fundamentals of, yes. because, you know, with, so, like I said, with so many diets out there and so much information about food and everyone over, everyone over here is saying, this is the perfect diet for everyone. And this, and I'm like, dude, everyone's different, you know, very much so. So yes. it comes down to, and I really, I learned this from you. Let's, let's get pillars of understanding or yes. the tenets of mm -hmm. truth about food so that you can go on your journey and, and start gaining knowledge about what works best for you. Absolutely. The first thing I would say to anyone who just wants to clear their mind of all the noise around food is just, if you just do this one thing alone, mm. it will help you. And that is just eat whole foods. Mm. Eat the basis of your diet from whole foods. So just to be clear, so everyone knows what that means. So instead of a um, um, French fries, eat a baked potato. Instead of a cereal, eat oatmeal. So just get rid of all the rest of the stuff. And just if, if that is the only thing that you want to commit to, you will see a change in your life. And then usually when people see that, that first change. So remember, I haven't, so I haven't talked to you for a while, but I'm mostly working with teenagers now. We're talking about teenagers who have never uh, explored, you know, food mm -hmm. uh, and, and their palates are limited mm -hmm. because I always say that if you have little kids, one of your primary jobs is to be the creator of that baby's palate. Oh, You're the palate creator. And so a lot important. of times, Yes. And they, and a lot of times as parents, we, we give in and yes. we just let them, we let them like create their own palates. And that mm -hmm. is, that is not going to be a great result in the end for that child. Yes. I'm but guilty so of it. Foods. <laughs> well, it's, Hey, parenting is, is hard. Yeah. It's not, a, it's no joke. You know I mean? It's, it's 24 seven. You can never prepare for it, but yeah. Somehow we've made it through Sunny struggles more than Luther and all kids are different. Luther mm. is on point dialed in. He'll do whatever I tell him because he Which? wants, he totally gets it. And, and I mean, and consequently I have a six foot three beast of a 17 yeah. year old. <laughs> you, you fucking those two little beautiful little kids have turned into fucking Viking warriors. now. <laughs> Sunny totally looks like a Viking warrior. Luke's always trying to get her to like put braids in the side of her hair when oh, she plays yeah. soccer. <laughs> yeah, that'd be badass. Yeah, yeah. Because she's awesome. super blonde for you guys who've never seen her. Yes. She's, she's totally blonde and she looks the part. I mean, they're just so, they, they just look so sturdy and healthy. That is the best compliment and truth that you could say because that's what I've noticed. Uh, I've been able to raise two kids to teenage years doing this with them. And there's trials and tribulations all along the mm. way. Sunny fights me on stuff. I had to give both of them. I will tell you, what grade is Sandy in? She's in third grade. Oh, gosh. Okay, so middle school. I'm just going to prep you for this because okay. this happened with both of them. 
in middle school is when they start to like branch out just a little and they want to become part of the group a little bit more. Mm. So that's when I noticed that they both gave me pushback on the food. That's when mm. it started. Interesting. Yeah. So, but they had to go through like a little thing and Luther during that time actually got mono because wow. he was eating a ton of sugar and he got sick and it was a little bit of a thing. Yeah. Of course. Cause he's been so clean from the time yeah. he came into the world. So, yes. you know, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, uh, just needed to go through that though. It was perfect because it really set him for like, it set his jaw straight. Like this is, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm. I am going to, uh, mom, just tell me what to do. I'll eat it. And, and he does. And we just, it's not even, it's a non topic anymore. Well, I think that's great that, you know, with so much available in the world and you can only control so much as a parent, I think it's really necessary. Yeah. And plus you guys have set the, you guys have set the structure and the tempo of what real good food is and what true nutrition is with your kids so when they venture out and have a soda or something they probably feel like hell after yes yes they totally do they feel it immediately uh they they recognize it and then they're able to go okay that probably wasn't the best choice (laughs) Mm. so i have no i've like no i don't even have to do anything as far as that so other than i still cook and take care of them, but I don't really have to educate them much on this stuff anymore. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Pretty cool. (laughs) Okay. So getting back to the tenants. Oh yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, this is something that I want to throw out there because something that always inspired me about you. And I think it's a testament to your number one rule, which is always look to eat whole foods. Yeah. which is the same thing. I guess I learned that from you because that's when I talk to people about food and how I eat, that's what I start with. That's great. And, um, but that being said, you have always been a seeker of knowledge in the realm of, in, in life in general, but especially when it comes to food and nutrition. And I remember when we were working together way back when that you were always doing more and more research and educating yourself on everything you could to understand, you know, the various nuances of food. And we were lucky enough with the resources we had at the Jags that I got to do that blood test. I was just going to say that. Yeah. So go into, if someone, you know, that's really helpful if you're able to do that, if you can afford to have this blood test done to see your food sensitivities. Yes. And Evan, when I was working with you guys, you know, this was not available to uh, just anyone like it is now. You can go on to Everly Well and right, all right. these, yeah, there's I've all these I've seen those commercials and I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, that was yeah. what we did back then. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you this too. People thought I was crazy when I started talking about food sensitivities. Yeah. People thought guys on the team thought you were nuts. I'm sure. I guarantee (laughs) it. They thought I was nuts when I pulled out, when I pulled, uh, remember they had homemade cookies every day in there. I'm like, we don't, we don't need to eat cookies every day, guys. And I pulled the soda machine out and they really thought I was crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) But Eugene and I were like, fucking A, I did yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit, how hard is it when it's in front of your face every minute? 
Of course. Even the strongest willed person is going to struggle when something is in front of them all the time. Absolutely. So why not just have it not be around? And the more you're not around it, the stronger your will will become with it. Yeah. They kind of, you know, you do this with it. And that's uh, where I've gotten to. Yeah. I I have this ironclad will. People are like, Eb, you're you're a psycho, dude. (laughs) How are you not going to eat cake? I'm like, dude, I just, I I know what'll happen. Yeah. You know, I, I associate eating that cake with three days of black depression. So I'm not interested in it. You know, I'm not interested in the, in the five minutes of mouth pleasure. No, no. And well, what, gosh, there's so much to say about this. Um, What happens is we get so addicted to these foods that they create this uh, pleasure sensation Mm. and and neurotransmitters go crazy. And so we feel like this joy for um, 10 minutes and then it's over. And then People like you and I have put this stuff together, know what we have to deal with for the next three. Sometimes it's a week for me. Yeah, yeah. To really get it out. Because I also have, so later on, you had asked me earlier, like what things I had figured out. So there's something else that I figured out since I've seen you last. Mm. And that I'd always had, even though I, I like did all this food stuff and ate so well, I always had digestive issues. Mm. And so I ended up later on finding out that I had something called SIBO. Mm. Do you know what okay. that is? I don't really. C-I-B-O? S-I-B-O. So it stands S-I-B-O. for small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Interesting. Okay. So that's when the that's when bacteria should not be growing in your small intestine. That should all be happening, uh, you know, um, up or, or, or for, I'm sorry, further down. Uh-huh. So the small bacteria sneak up in there, or I'm sorry, this bacteria from the large intestine sneak up in there. Mm. And then they create a lot of discomfort and bloating and gas that you just like, you're like, I don't even know what I ate that gave me this bloating. Mm. And so that was me for a lot of years. And I, I could not link what, you know, like a specific food, even with my sensitivities and taking out some of those foods, I still had this lingering thing. And that was, I would say, like one of the last pieces for me that, that I really started to um, hone in on is low, what we'll term low-grade infections. And there's, that's not the only one. There's, there's H. pylori, which a lot of people have. There's uh, um, infections high up in the sinuses that can, can, can sit up there that are, back, that are um, antibiotic resistant. Mm. And that's what actually Luther got one of those, my son. Um, he got one of those uh, high up in there. We had to, you know, had to swab real high, just like they're doing for the COVID right now. Mm. And so that was something that we dealt with for over a year with him. But it was an uh. antibiotic resistant staph. but so I call these things low. So this is like another level. This is in the functional realm. And the only people who are going to be able to test for these types of things I'm talking about are functional medicine docs. Mm. So, you know, H. pylori, um, regular docs can test for that, but I find the functional tests are more, I don't know. They're just comprehensive. Yeah. Yeah. More comprehensive. And they're just further along. Yeah. They're more, they're more um, progressive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then there's, um, so these, I call those hidden infections because a mainstream doc won't see these things. You can also find out about autoimmune issues way earlier mm. than when you show up at your standard doctor's door with, let's just say, um, I don't know, uh, 
pick one. Um, I can't really think of one right Lyme now. Lyme disease. Lyme, or, yeah, or... or uh, uh, lupus. Lupus, there we go. That's one that was on my mind. Yeah. yeah. So you can find out, like if you have stuff going on, like my case was a textbook case for, for setup for autoimmune. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even, I try though not to even consider the tests I have done because I don't want to diagnose, like, I don't want to, that's not something I want to set in my mind that I, that I have antibodies for my, against myself right now. Mm. So that's mm. something I found out later on too, but I just try it. I don't even put that in my like mindset because there's no reason to, Yeah. Uh, you know, that, then I'm, that's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm living into. And that, that is not what I'm living into. I'm going the other way from that. I love that. Yeah. Um, so I want to. So since you went there, I want to talk about this this illumination I've had recently. Oh. And so I interviewed this guy, Doctor Harhari Khalsa, who's the Sikh yogi here in LA, and he has this state of the art healing center called Transformational Healing Universe here. And he's got all these incredible machines, and one of the machines he uh, I, he used on me is this thing called a cyber scan. Have you heard of a cyber scan? I do know what a cyber scan is. Yes, I do. So a cyber scan for anyone who hasn't listened to that episode yet. I think I released it last week. Um, a cyber scan is a German medical device. If you go into any German doctor's office in Germany, they use these things. Evan, do you happen to know, sorry to interrupt you, but I have to know, do you, do you know if this is like a Zyto scan by chance? Z-I-T-O? Uh, what's that? So, well, you tell me. Okay. Tell so I'll let me, and, I'll, yeah. Yeah, and I'll see if it's the same. So a cyber scan is it scans your energy field. You literally just, it's about the size of a laptop and you put your hand in this area and it does a scan of your entire energy field and it comes back with this diagnostic report that's the equivalent of full body MRI, CAT scan, uh, blood work, urine tests, like it's, and it's fucking, it was mind blowingly accurate. Oh, wow. For me. And uh, top to bottom. And it also goes into psychological shit that's going on and fucking, it's mind blowing. The, so it's energy. It's an energy. It's scan. energy scan. Okay. A, okay. It, the Zyto, the one that I was talking about, is more for these subtle infections. So different thing. Okay. Well, this is really interesting. So he starts talking to me about it, and and he starts. And first of all, which was really, it was validating in the lifestyle that I, my life you know, my lifestyle choices and how I live and everything I do. And, um, and it was also validating in my intuition and sense of food and how I eat and how I think about food. And because it goes into how I have these, I've had a lifetime or at least through the last 10 plus years issues with my thyroid and my thyroid um, is just out of whack, but because of how I eat and how I exercise and breath work stuff that I do, I keep it in check and I keep it functioning better than it actually should be. And then he goes down further into this thing and the, the thyroid is linked to, I have an autoimmune disorder or what he said 
appeared to be an autoimmune disorder. And he was like, I can't really tell because you're in such good shape otherwise. But if you hadn't, if you don't do the things that you do, you would be a fucking disaster. And he basically said that it looked like through the cyber scan that I have lupus. Interesting. And that goes to, you know, mom is super sensitive with food. She was even diagnosed as pre-diabetic like five or six years ago. I feel like I remember that even when I was with your mom back in Jacksonville. Yeah. And so, I mean, her diet has gotten so ridiculously limited that it's kind of, you know, she's like always just trying to, and she's in incredible shape. You know, she's in maybe the best shape she's ever been in. Oh, wow. And, uh, but she eats literally fat vegetables and a little bit of protein and even protein she can't do too much of because as you know, protein in, in, in larger quantities gets converted back to glucose Yes, and her body doesn't produce any insulin. So Mm. she's like, you know, she, and she manages all this through her food and through her exercise. And I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. Given my sensitivity to carbohydrates, um, to super glutinous foods, uh, to sugar, to, you know, all of these different things, even starches. Like I, I keep the starches to a minimum. But I occasionally do need those because sometimes I train pretty hard still and I need some something to just something, fill the yeah. glycogen stores back up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I wanted to share that with you because it was so validating to learn that. And it, even thinking about it, it goes back to in college, I got sick. I had, the, I had an, a weird thing my freshman year at Arizona where I had some like very mild illness and I had a blood test done and they said, you have an extremely high amount of white blood cells. Like it's almost off the charts and it's not normal for your symptoms and what you're dealing with. And nothing, nothing has ever come up on blood tests for me as far as this goes. But this cyber scan highlighting this thing of I've had basically a lifetime battle with autoimmune made all of my food issues make complete sense. Makes sense, yeah. You know, and it it, and it makes me think about the state of American health, which is that I feel as though probably more people then we even realize are suffering from autoimmune disorders without even knowing it. For sure. Because of of the food and all the fucking medications and all of that shit that we're, you know, that we think we need to survive. And it also led me to this, this profound realization of, wow, you can literally transform your health with the food you eat and your, how you live your life, you know? And I know you, I, you know, that, that really, that process of, of understanding really started with you. So I want to thank you for that. I'm so glad to hear that because Evan, I've always had a hard time explaining to people what I do because, you know, I don't do dietetics. I don't talk about calories, but I am, 
I know that I was put here for one thing I do know for sure is, is that I bridge people. I'm a bridge. Like I, I see myself as a bridge from like this sort of mainstream sort of thought about food. Mm-hmm. And I link people to their body. So like, I'm like that bridge that helps them start to link the food with the body. That's and, so awesome. and, it, and we, we have this, we have it so backwards. It's so messed yeah. up. Like we are always looking at, well, how can I lose weight? How can I lose weight? How can I lose weight? And it just starts with how, you know, that you ate that pizza and you know, you felt like crap. What? Stop eating the things that make you feel like crap. That's like right. number one. Stop drinking all the time and waking up with hangovers. Like st- mm. stop doing these things. And I know a lot of people are coping with those things. Yeah. And that's why I even can say linking what you eat with how you feel because you've got to get comfortable with dealing with the feeling. And I've also, I ha- oh man, I have some great resources. Like I have a friend who practices something called the emotion code. Mm. And so she can, if you ever want to get into that, you have to tell me. Yeah. Unbelievable. And she can, you know, release trapped emotions because we're supposed to process emotion and we we stuff it all the time. Yes. And then we don't we don't express it and then that gets stored and then that has to do something in the body. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it can go create disease. <sighs> Definitely. It's huge. Yeah. So I say food is such a big piece. Um, just to like bullet point some of the things we've talked about, food is a huge piece to health and well-being. I go as far to say it's like 98% of the puzzle, <laughs> really. Mm. Now, yeah, I mean, mindset and manifesting, you know, that's a whole nother piece that's huge. But um, that's why I don't like talking about the autoimmune stuff like a ton. But I did have a test. There is a test called a Cyrex if you want to get a blood test. Okay. through functional medicine it's a cyrex it's they call it the big panel but it's like a it it, it cuz it's pretty pricey but it breaks down autoimmune disease into i want to say four stages mm-hmm. and if you go to a standard doc they're only going to find you as an autoimmune patient if you're in disease stage mm-hmm. like the fourth right right so i was in stage 2 and 3 mm-hmm. of several different areas in my body so meaning my body was producing antibodies against itself in my nervous system and also um, my ovaries. So mm-hmm. those, and that all makes sense for like my years of just, it's just like you said with that scan, it started coming together for me when I saw that, Yeah. but I'm not going to live like, oh, I could end up with MS. I don't even right. want to, I'm like, right. why would I do that? But And plus those are all such, those are all just terms that yes. our medical system has slapped on these diseases that they really have no explanation for because they all the root of all of these things is the lifestyle of the average american yes it's yes. this it's this shitty misunderstanding around food yes and i think you know and i just want to say this i think it goes without saying we're talking about it but food is the number one drug food is a drug you know like you were saying we use food to cope we use food to suppress our emotions and our feelings and to get out of a a state of mind you know food is a fucking potent potent drug that you can absolutely be addicted to 100 percent. yes and getting out of those addictions can Mm -hmm. be tricky and you need 
need some help with that for sure. Um, and, and I'm not even the person for that phase. Like when you're really in a food addicted cycle, it's really, that's not my specialty, but I can help you create an abundance of, of well-being through your mm. food, through your, you know, your food plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, there's so much good stuff going on here, Anita. <laughs> there is. So I have this, I have to tell you, I have this, um, doctor out here. I have a chiropractor that I've found too. So my evolution with all this has taken me more into energy medicine also. And so it. it's like, if the food is what I do, I love it. It's a, it's such a huge piece of the puzzle. But ultimately it says energy and in like, you know, trying to create health from within. And mm. I, have you done the Wim Hof stuff? I can't remember. Yeah, that. that's what I do. I, I think I'm all that's, in what on I that. yeah. that's what I thought. That's what I thought. So Luke and I keep getting, like this keeps coming up for me. Everyone I talk to, they're like, "Well, I just did Wim Hof." I'm like, "Oh man, I'm gonna have to do this." Yeah. Because I I just know it because I it just keeps showing up in my life over and over again. But you know that's all about from the you as you you know better than me since you've gone through that that program. But I you will love it. You, you guys will fucking that's that to me is the next piece. It's like food and then breathing. Yeah. And, yes. Yes. and there's something. So the, the other thing I'm interested to, cause I don't, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know your thoughts on this, but like we were talking before the podcast started about when you heard me talking about how during my football career, I always, had to stuff myself with breakfast, even though I had no desire to eat. And coming out of football, I got to have this opportunity of, let me see what happens if I don't eat breakfast. And I just have coffee with some ghee and yeah. or some coconut oil in it. And it's, it's literally changed my life, you know, that little yeah, yeah. thing. And so I do, and that has, that grew into now, uh, I'm just... I'm always doing intermittent fasting. That if is, I'm not, if I'm not fasting, doing intermittent fasting, then I'm doing like a 24 hour fast just to clear it out. But I'm curious about your thoughts on fasting. Yeah, I I can't personally do fasting, but I have plenty of Luke can and feels good when he does it mm. um, because I'm still running on carbohydrate. Mm. So for me, and I always had blood sugar issues my whole life. So, okay. um, and, and I can't do the high fat thing cause I get stomach upset. So well. it's kind of, <laughs> a, I'm, I'm always like playing, playing this delicate balance of just eating enough carbohydrate to feel balanced, but not eating too much to where I feel fuzzy headed and, um, and congested. So it's always that like sort of delicate balance for me. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my clients love intermittent fasting and get great, feel, feel really get great results from it. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not surprised at all that you are feeling that and experiencing that. It's not a surprise at all. A lot of people, especially I'm noticing bigger guys like mm, you. Interesting. I, I have noticed that sort of seems to be a theme, like bigger guys really feel good doing it. Luke carries, a, he's, he's, I always say small, yeah. but he's mighty, carries a lot of muscle mass yeah. and he can do it too. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if there's something to that, but. That's really interesting. Yeah. It mm-hmm. feels very primal. Like I feel very mentally clear and sharp. Like I haven't eaten today yet. I'm going to, after haven't. we. After we get off, I have a big bison burger and a salad waiting for oh, me. Oh, good. Um, That's my favorite combo. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's another thing that uh, I learned from you is combinations of food. You know, I think that one of the worst uh, American meals is steak and potatoes. Oh yeah. Some, some people can get away with it, but some people can't combine, you mean combining like starches with that. Yes. Starches and protein. Yeah. Yeah. Or starch and fat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can get away with some of that, which is funny because I Mm. have such particularities, but, uh, but I definitely have clients who can't combine, who can't combine certain foods. And like you said, have to eat fruit alone, which which is good for me also. I feel better that way. But I also want to explain to people real quick too. Yes. The further the further your body has taken a beating, let's just say that. Mm. Like Evan, I mean, look at look at what you've your body has gone through for so many years. Um, and then you're seeing a scan that's saying that your body's been maybe dealing with this mm. this uh, autoimmune thing for a long time. Then you have the physical you know stuff that you went into with mm. your sport. So the, my body, um, for whatever reason, you know, I got that virus. So the farther you get off the rails with your health, the more extreme you've got to go on the food to bring it back. Mm. That's kind of, this is what I've seen. And that's what I explain to people when they feel like what we're talking about seems overwhelming or like too much. Mm. Just go back to whole foods. Just, okay, start with whole foods. Start with taking out the things that you know, like I know, how many people do you know that sit there and they eat a pint of ice cream and then they start going like this. This is the number one thing. They'll start going, because all this mucus is now built up. Yes. So that's really common. And that's from a, the cold food plus the dairy on top of it, which is also a damp food in itself Mm. or damp. It has damp properties. So, so just take those things out. Like the things that you know are making you feel that way. I also have on my website, anitanall.com, I have a health assessment and you can take it and just figure out like, where is your level of inflammation sitting at? It's, it's something I created. You did one years and years ago. I probably had to do them several times because we always want to get a check and we want that inflammation to be going. So we get a number, we get like a baseline reading and then we want that inflammation to, to come down over time because inflammation is really what we're trying to quell here. Yes. Yes. I think that's a big thing, you know, and yeah. people, and you know, part of this process is because it can be so subtle, you know, we get used to living in pain. Yeah. And you're, you wake up and you feel like shit and that's just status quo. For sure. You For know? sure. Yeah. And then we're conditioned. We watch the TV and we've right. got commercials of every drug. Yeah. You know, we have, we, <laughs> we've got allergy medicine now for kids. Uh, Aller- so, you know, it used to be, oh, I have seasonal allergies was like kind of, uh, you know, kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Not everyone. Now everyone's got seasonal allergies and, and kids now are taking allergy meds for kids. Kids are now taking, um, you know, GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease medications. All this guys, all this, the root is the gut. Mm. Okay. What is the commonality here? We aren't treating our guts properly. So it's behaving and, Mm. and people don't put this together too. Your skin is acting up. 
That's mm. your gut too, by the way. Your brain is acting up. You're getting depressed. You're getting, um, you know, our neurotransmitters, over half of them are made in the gut. I think it's like 70%. The gut-brain axis. Yes, the gut-brain axis. That's right. Yes, it's, it's, so, it's so important. Yeah. So, Anita, too. I mean, I, I feel like I could talk to you all day about. I know. <laughs> I get fired. I get so fired up about this stuff. I just I'm really passionate about it because it's changed my life. And I just I look at if I, if I take a minute and look at where I would have been. I mean, you can't ever know what would have been, right? But I can pretty well guess from what I felt like as a 17 year old on um, antidepressants. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is life changing shit, man. Yeah. You know, it's life changing shit when you start to really look at your nutrition and how the food you're eating is making you feel. Yeah. So your your awareness, I'll just say the last thing too. My awarenesses have been more keen and sharp too over the years. So it's almost like the mainstream way of eating, you know, it, I, I see it with kids a lot. It produces sort of a fog. Mm over your sensibilities. Uh I mean, your sense of smell, your sense Mm. of taste, your just awareness in general, get sort of uh, convoluted and foggy. Yeah. And I really believe that food plays the biggest role in that. Uh, Absolutely. I I think you're totally right on. I think it's 98% of the puzzle. Yeah. Uh, um, So to bring this thing full circle, You've already given us your number one tool that you give people, which is to eat whole foods. <laughs> yeah. But if you have three things, someone comes to you and they're in complete disarray, they've completely surrendered to the fact that they need to make a lifestyle change. Yeah. They have come to the understanding that it begins with food because I think, like you said, that's a really important part of it, you know. Unless, until you're a person who comes to the place of, I need to do something about changing it, there's really nothing you can do, you know, and you've had that mental switch. So what are the three things someone listening to this podcast who says, man, I'm really, I really need to make a change. What are the three things they can do right now to begin that process? Yeah. And we'll make them easy. So you can start today. Not like, I won't tell you you have to go gluten-free or dairy-free, but those are big ones. But the first three, I would say, if you're, if you need to just start from, let's say the beginning, eat whole foods, reduce your sugar intake Mm. completely. Like you really have to start to look at everything that turns like alcohol, you know, is basically sugar. Yeah. You know, uh, all these starches and breads and crackers, you know, all that stuff. I always say, we call them on my program, on my power plate, they're called energy givers. And we always say energy givers add up quick. And unless you're Michael Phelps and you're burning them off, like you said, on the days that you work out, you need some of those. That's because they're there for that purpose only Mm. (laughs) to burn off. Mm. So if you're not burning those off, they're not, they're going to go in your body and create create havoc. So (laughs) wreak havoc in there. So eat whole foods as much as you can reduce, uh, sugar. And the third one. Okay. What would I say? The third thing is, is, um, I think a lot of people are drinking their calories and not Mm. eating them. Mm. And so I, I even wrote a blog called eat your calories. Don't drink them. And a lot of people we've gotten into this, you know, go to Starbucks and get the 
frappuccino yeah. mocha mochiato wow. and it's just like it's killing people it really is killing people between that and energy drinks and other things and there's soda. ways soda uh, even fruit juice is loaded yeah. you know it's it's just too much it's too much at one time i'm not saying fruit's bad let me just make that clear but fruit juice is unnecessary. Remember, number one, go back to whole foods. What is the whole food of fruit juice? An apple or an mm. orange. Just eat it. Then mm. you get the fiber with it. Yeah. So I would say those three things would be the biggest difference makers. I love those. Those are so key. I watch, uh, you know, the little, I'm, I'm reducing my television intake big time too. I barely watch any TV at this stage. Oh, man. But we I'll, could continue for an hour on EMFs and uh, oh my you know, god, oh my god, <laughs> oh my the, god, the five G towers that just went up over COVID all over the place. Oh I don't know if it's the same out there, god. but they're all I mean, over here. I think it's everywhere, isn't it? I figured they were all went up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I traveled. Okay, I live in Tennessee, and I traveled down to Florida. They were every like mile on the highways of five G five G tower. Jesus Christ, what do we it's need this sick. for? What do we need this for? And then is I look is at the it not enough? I know. 5G for the world. Yes. Like it's the next best thing since sliced bread. I know. And I said the, one of the commercials, because they're all, do, you know, it's like Verizon. We've got all the 5G towers you can fucking handle. AT&T, 5G, baby. Here we yeah. go. Oh, and then one's like, terrible. it's the difference between riding down a dirt road and an eight lane highway. And I'm just thinking to myself, do we really need this? Like we all have, we can all stay connected perfectly well without the fucking 5G. Do we? I'm with you. I'm so with you on it. I Like wasn't the 4G enough? Like we're, <laughs> we're already blasting ourselves into oblivion. Like do yeah. we need the fucking 5G too? Anyway, so, yeah, that's well, a whole that other reminds me. It, that reminds me. Um, if you want to add a fourth thing in there to give, okay. more time. give us the, the fourth. fourth, yeah, the fourth thing would be get outside in nature uh. and get some sun and get some, I say that as I'm looking really pasty right now, but I need some, we've been having some really just really bland days here, but, um, get outside, get fresh air, get sun, get sun on your body, yes. experience the outdoors. I'm not even kidding when I say, you know, like hug a tree, sit with a tree. I, I don't that. know, do something to where you can at least get back to some of your primalness. <laughs> I love that. That's music to my ears. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're on the same path, Eb. Definitely. I know it. <laughs> I know it. Um, well, Anita, thank you so much. You're just so awesome. And I definitely, I want to have you back on. You're to, so welcome. To keep keep this conversation going because you're just a, a treasure trove of information and really great knowledge for people. Well, thank you. I didn't even get to talk about essential oils. Oh, well, we'll do that next time. <laughs> we'll do that next time. Yeah, since I, I saw you last, I took a, I did, I got certified in those and I just got really into those too. <laughs> oh my god i would love to do a deep dive on essential oils next well time. I, you know what we'll do i'm gonna send you um i'm gonna i want to send you a kit well the the kit you sent me when you were just oh, starting out was incredible yes. it was okay, incredible I'll send, you, I'll send you new and improved because i've got like 30 so, blends now i love that I would yeah love that. yeah and, so and that'd be fun so we'll do you'll send me that and then we'll do yeah. a deep dive on essential oils okay perfect and 5g madness Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, so before we go, let everybody know where they can find you. I think it's awesome. 
to send them to your website to do that health survey, to do that little quick diagnostic yeah. report, check mm-hmm. in. So give them all that good, good information. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's Anita Nall, A-N-I-T-A-N-A-L-L.com. And you'll see, it'll say health assessment. Go there and take that. And then also, if you have kids, I've really been um, hard on or going hard with my, my Fuel Compete Repeat program right now, which is for young athletes on a mission to be their best. So that's a, a food program for them. And I've got that also. I love that, Anita. Yeah. yeah. You're the best. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. Um, Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Thank you for, for taking the time to come, come spitball with me. On oh food yeah. Anytime, health. anytime. <laughs> well, all right, everybody. I hope you guys got a lot out of that conversation. I sure as hell did. I feel juiced up and ready to run through a brick wall right now. <laughs> so thank you, Anita. Thank you guys so much for listening, for supporting. Uh, The greatest gesture of support you guys can give me is to rate this show, review it, share it with your friends and family. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Evan Britton, and I'm out of here. Peace.